970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And uh, hopefully it'll be a sunny, nice day. So I hear I'm Dottie Herman and welcome to Ion Real Estate. We're the only show on talk radio that's all about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate and much more. I'm proud that we've been a beacon for people during this crisis with advice that runs from the gamut from legal, financial, insurance, psychology, and of course, Ace 102 Park is with me. Ace is a senior vice president at Citizens Bank that works with Douglas Elliman as a preferred lender. Citizens is one of the nation's oldest and largest financial institutions in the country, and we thank them for their support. They help their customers by providing an integrated experience that includes mobile and online banking, a 24-7 customer contact center, and the convenience of approximately 3,200 ATMs and approximately 1,150 branches in 11 states. So give Ace a call at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. With your mortgage questions or any questions that has to do with finance. Good morning, Donnie. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Steve. How are you holding up? Good. Uh, doing well. Good morning, Donnie. Good morning, Ace. Uh, everyone morning. is doing well over here. And you know, Steve is a partner in Barton LLC, one of the top real estate law firms in New York City. Um, Stephen represents purchasers, sellers, financial institutions, investors, condominium associations, cooperative housing, corporation, landlords, and tenants. So if you have any legal questions or dilemma, he's here to help answer your questions. And again, 866-970-9622. And you can go to DottieHerman.com and you will be able to get a link to ACES and Citizens Bank and Steve and his website. So we try to make it easy for you. Um, And by the way, Steve, there's a million questions (laughs) about what's legal in real estate. And I've had a million calls on people that are trying to negotiate with their tenant, their, their landlords to make to pay less money, some successfully, some not. And I've also had people saying, you know, people calling me that are owners of buildings. Interestingly enough, not everybody is a baron and a land tycoon when you think of buildings in Manhattan. Some of these are, you know, small investors and have a building or two and are just making it. And so now with this whole thing where people aren't paying rents, and I know the governor, I believe, uh, gave it a moratorium and no evictions till August. Um, so they're having a, a hot, tough time. And then also, later on the show, I'm going to have one of Douglas Elvin's great managers, Alfred Renner. He's a senior managing director of the East Side Sales in Manhattan, and he's going to be with us to give us an insider's look at real estate in one of the most highly populated parts of Manhattan that includes Fifth and Park Avenues and what's going on there and how we see that coming back. So 
I think you're going to find this very interesting. But I always like to do this in the beginning of the week. It's like in the beginning of the show. Ace, are you there? Because I can't I'm see here, from Daddy. my house. Good morning. Oh, okay. Because, I'm, you know, we're putting this together and I'm getting really good. You'd be very proud of me. And I see you on all your things on Facebook. And you're great. <laughs> um, now, Ace, there was a headline this week. And it said, as tempting as, this was the thing that I read. It said, as tempting as the low rates may be for borrowers, which we've been saying throughout the show and throughout the many weeks we've been on. That is, the rates are phenomenal and you should refinance. But now it's saying only a select few can obtain them. Lenders are tightening that, their criteria by requiring higher credit scores, larger down payments. Self-employed borrowers must prove that their income hasn't been affected the, by the pandemic. Now that's what I read. Yeah, that's, um, that's going on right now, Dottie. Um, so with all of the COVID-19 um, situations going on with unemployment, folks having a hard time, folks applying for the forbearance. Um, the banks have all sort of adjusted their guidelines to make sure that, you know, they're they're lending still responsibly, but making sure that they're 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 taking into account what's going on um, in the, in the environment today. So, well, would you suggest? I mean, for all of our listeners and all the, the people that stream us, I would you suggest that, you know, because it is a good time to buy and I see, I mean, look, everything is relative. If it's up from, you know, you know, you're going to start to see it come back little by little because virtually at least New York City was on shutdown. Half the people would not let anyone in their building. Um, what, what advice would you give to a buyer or a seller for that matter on what they should do now if they plan in the next six months to, to purchase something, should they go to you and make sure their credit? I mean, what, what advice would you give people? Definitely Dottie. I mean, you know, with, with the guidelines changing, not every bank um, has those changes, right? So um, I would say here at Citizens Bank, we still have our product guidelines pretty similar to even pre-COVID-19. So you really have to just inquire, and, and we always preach this on, on the show every single week, right? If you're interested in looking for a home, this is probably the best opportunity that you'll have. And, and I always tell this to every single person, because rates are so low, and if you're leveraging financing and you're taking out a mortgage, you're probably taking out one of the lowest rates in the history of the United States, right? So if you're interested in purchasing a home, this couldn't be the better. This couldn't be a better time, right? So I would say, give us a call, give me a call, email us, and um, we'll 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 get you situated financially, and we'll we'll do what we call a pre-approval. It's free. There's no charge, and at least you'll know how much you can qualify for. So when you well, meet, you know, a real estate agent, you're you're ready to go. Well, let me explain to everyone who's listening. Obviously, we've pushed pre-approvals for eternity. Like, it's not just because of the virus. We've pushed it way before All that. the time. Exactly. Because it gives you, as a buyer, an advantage that when you make an offer, and people are going to be worried now. They're going to be like, well, this buyer has a job now, but what happens if he doesn't get a job? We have a caller that his mortgage was, you know, approved and then turned down. If you have a pre-approval, 
that means, and you can get that for free. When you go to see a property, if you find a property like and you want to purchase it, that's a big strong point on why somebody should take your deal because you've been pre-approved. They've checked your they checked your job history. They know you're still working. And uh, the only thing that could hurt it would be that the seller's house doesn't appraise, which yeah, that's, that's right. not your fault. And then they might have to come down in price. Okay, so that's a plus, And I advise everyone to do that. And even if you're not looking this month, if you think you're looking in the next six or seven months, it doesn't hurt to, to have it. And let me ask you another question. Let's just say that I'm on the Internet now. I'm, you know, I'm not in the city. I'm in, you know, I just went someplace for the summer. And I think I'm going to try to buy something when the things, things open up in maybe September. If I got a pre-approval now, and you and, and 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 citizens checked and they saw I had my job. Would they double check it? You know, in other words, because you know, I think people are worried about. Hey, I might have a job today, but nobody. That's really the problem. There's t- so many uncertainties. Nobody knows for sure how this thing is going to play out. So, would they double check it, or you know? So that's a really w- good question, right, Dottie? Um, so folks will get a pre pre approval. It usually lasts for about ninety days. And okay. after the 90 days, you just have to go back and give your documentation again to the bank. They'll do maybe a, a little bit of a rerun in regards to they won't they won't need to run your credit again. But what they'll do is they'll just update your the documentation, such as W-2s, pay stubs, just to make sure that nothing's changed right. with your job. So in other words, they'll Correct. just give a quick update. You have the main exactly. paperwork well done. You're approved for that price, assuming you still have a job. So they'll just make sure Correct. that you're still working. Okay, that's the way to go. Plus, it gives you an advantage when you're negotiating a deal, because now if you are the seller and you have multiple offers because inventory is tight, then, you know, obviously, if you have an all cash deal, I mean, that's the best you can get. But uh, uh, if it's not all cash, there's always a mortgage contingency. And if you have somebody who has a pre-approval from a reputable bank, like citizens, then you know that they're approved. They're approved on their part. The only thing that could hold it up is your part, and you know your appraisal, and that usually doesn't happen. So that's really good advice to do. And you know what? Since everybody's on, most people are on lockdown. That I, for I think when did the governor extend it to? Like, is it June or May? I, I, I every day it changes. <laughs> I think it's a good time to just take the time and make some calls. And you can go to citizensbank.com. You can call the station and we will get the questions to Ace for citizens or Steve. So that's really good to know. And I'm just telling you now, take advantage of the time that everyone says, oh, you know, I'm starting to lose it. <laughs> okay. Although yesterday I was in a, I actually went into the village of of the Hamptons and I, you know, they have the, they have this, you know, nothing's open, but they do have takeout and they have a coffee shop, my favorite. Um, and they, they turn the benches. So instead of facing the streets, they kind of face each other and they're six feet apart. 
So you can kind of just talk to people. And this guy that I happened to see, well, you know, it's a small town. Everybody kind of knows each other. He said, Donnie, I work 24-7. I never stop. And he happens to be in the garment industry. He has a dress company. He has a couple of dress lines. And he said, I'm getting spoiled. I love this. Like, and I'm not spending the money I spent because, you know, one dinner in New York City, I don't have to tell you how much that could cost. So, you know, everyone's getting, uh, you know, they don't love it. But I think change really for most people only happens when they're forced to change. And since we've been all forced to change, we're adapting new ways of doing business. And my gut feeling is at some point, um, a lot of that's here to stay. So now, Steve. I I had a question from somebody, and you have to tell us what's going on and what what highlights or what you're seeing in the legal end of it. But somebody asked the question. They emailed the question. It said, somebody in my condo building has coronavirus. I live in a large complex, and there are two elevator lobbies with two elevators each. I asked the doorman who had the virus and if they were in my section of the building. He said he didn't know, but I think he was lying. I asked the night doorman, and he said to call management. I called management, and they said they couldn't confirm or deny it. My life is being put at risk. Did the person use the same elevators as me, press the same button? Are they on my floor? We have a gym, too. Did they use the gym, the building's gym? I don't think the building's gym should be open, but um, and in any event, do I have a right to know? My health is at stake. There is a building-wide meeting in the lobby this coming week. What's the law? Is there one? Thank you. Now, this is a worried, sick person in Washington, D.C. So I think that there's a few things um, to talk about. Um, Number one, um, D.C. might have a different local law than New York, so I'm not going to you know, I'm going to take a little bit more of a New York perspective uh, right. on it in case there is something local over there that, that we haven't kept up uh, with. But generally speaking, um, they do not have a right to know. Um, they also, there's a potential, unless if they have permission from the homeowner, they can't just reveal confidential health information to others. And this is really a you know a very very tricky area because um there, there's it's a little bit of uncharted grounds um you know right it's not like saying oh we had a leak from apartment nine and it's going into eight right you know n- nobody gets ostracized because they had a problem with a pipe and you know now this is as personal you know as it gets at the same time you have the health concern and and, and there's not a great answer. And by the way, on top of it, you know, sometimes you might have people who are carriers who, who don't know. And when you have close proximity, um, you know, what's the, you know, ventilation system like in the building? I mean, people may also unwittingly. So th- this is why, you know, you have, you know, a series of concerns. Um, but there's not a great answer, unfortunately, for this one. Um, because well, you there's have... not a great answer for a lot of things, and I right. think that's you know that fuels on people's uncertainties and just my read on everything that's going on. My read is it's getting very political, and like let's leave the politics out of it. You're not going to stop the politicians from doing that, but we can stop it. Sort out the facts, yeah. and then you know how I always tell everyone one size does not fit all. Well, it doesn't. 
doesn't anyway in life. So you then have to assess and get the facts, not the uh, hoopla and the drama and all that. Get the facts the best they know them. They don't know all the facts yet. Um, but get them, and then you have to make decisions that you're going to have to make, that you personally have to make. Yeah. And I always say, you know, when you're going down that road, there's two forks. you got to take the right fork. But, but I think that just having options are important to know. And I've had some of my friends call me, Steve, and they're freaking out. Like, you know, they, I think everyone I know has called for a rent reduction. And some landlords are more apt than others. Um, but most of them are doing something and, um, they're like, well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to my business? So I think that not before you renegotiate a rent, if your lease is up, I think you kind of have to look at what do you see your business doing? You know, I think you have to get a step past the virus and then, you know, look at the scenarios that could happen. Here's the best scenario. Everything works. My business stays the same. I don't get laid off. I don't get a huge reduction or the reduction that I took already comes back. And then a worse scenario. And then decide if that price range is really what you want to stay in. Um, but I do have the rental report. And believe it, now the rental report's a little, you know, they're all a little behind because by the time they report everything. But in Manhattan, the new leasing activity declined at record rates because New York, New, Manhattan was shut down. Half the buildings, just so you know. So when you read the numbers and it says we didn't have any, most of the buildings in the city don't allow people to come up because they don't want strangers. Okay? And then a lot of the, the people that own the buildings don't want them up in their apartments. So this month had the highest net effect of median, median and average and average per square foot rent ever recorded. Um, because people sought relief. Okay, and remember something. You know, if you're in a very big building, you know, you might not ask the person for rent reductions because once somebody knows that, then the rest of the building is going to all ask for the same thing. Maybe you could try to work out instead of a rent reduction, maybe a rent a couple of months for free or something of that nature. I mean, there's a lot of ways to negotiate. If this, you know, in Brooklyn, the leasing activity surged. In response to the sharp drop in new leasing activity um, and the shelter-in-place rules, so you know, face and net effect me median rent set new records this month by apartment size. And um, in Northwest Queens, and that's really, you know, a lot of the viruses in Northwest Queens. The records declined in new leasing activity due to the virus, and indicated that the renewal activity was where the weakness in rental prices trends could be found, okay? And I think we're living in a time of fear and uncertainty, and it's a mutual thing among renters and lenders, and maybe we could talk about that a second, um, because there's a lot going on right now, right after the commercial break, um, because that's what's going on, a lot of fear and uncertainty. But that's also when some of the best things happen if you look for them. Um, we'll be right back after the break and we'll talk to Ace and Steven about that. Did you know most vitamin supplements do not come from food? Even the products with colorful fruits and vegetables adorning the label are seldom derived from produce. 
Typically, supplements are synthetic. They're made in a laboratory. For example, lycopene comes from genetically modified yeast. Vitamin D, irradiated lanolin. CoQ10 is chemically extracted from tobacco or genetically modified bacteria. Modern science is able to synthetically imitate the chemicals of nutrients used in your body. This cheap, unnatural chemistry may look good under a microscope, but the body is not fooled. It knows the difference and craves quality materials to build, repair, and fight illness. Look for nutritional supplements made with whole food and consume fruits and vegetables daily in a variety of colors as well as whole grains and other fresh food. Don't settle for imitation nutrition. Reach for the good stuff, the real stuff. This is Dr. Douglas Howard with your Health Tip of the Week. Balance of Nature, changing the world one life at a time. You know, it's the little things that you notice. You know, I'm just a little more energetic. I sleep better. I don't wake up as groggy. When I get up, I'm just, I'm up. It doesn't take me, you know, half hour to get out of bed anymore. I started taking it just to be a little more proactive. You know, I'm in my 40s and just want to make sure that I'm doing anything I can to help me out. And I swear, since I've been taking this, I haven't been sick with the cold. People around me in my office are coughing and getting sick. They always say, you never get sick. So I can't say that, oh, it's changed my life where it's cured this or that. But it's like, again, these little things. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling one 800 2468751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code the answer. This is Sebastian Gorka. If you are like me, you are sick of the stay-at-home orders that have restricted our movement, restricted our employment, and forced us to stay cooped up at home. I have a suggestion. Sign up now for a trip of a lifetime. It's not until December, so by then things will likely be back to normal. I am taking as many listeners as I can on the Stand with Israel trip and have my friend and entrepreneur Mike Lindell of My Pillow coming with us. And I know what will happen as soon as you sign up, you'll have something really special to look forward to. What better way to celebrate the lifting of these restrictions than to get out and see the Holy Land with me and Mike Lindell. If something happens and you can't go, there's still plenty of time for you to cancel, but you won't want to. That's right. Between now and August 14th, there's no penalty if you sign up and need to cancel. Reserve your spot today for Stand with Israel with Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Lindell. Visit am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. Listen to am970theanswer on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or radio.com relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. Uh, I've come from the doctor's clinic this morning, 28 staples out of my knee, and I am not taking painkillers. Why? Because I don't need to. I'm taking relief factor. Yes, it's a triple dose, but it doesn't have any negative side effects, and I am doing just fine. Thank you very much. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just nineteen ninety-five. That's less than a dollar a day. That's truly remarkable to be liberated from your pain for less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Go right now. ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com. This is your opportunity to be the next success story. 
It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. I'm here with Ace Wanatu Barb, our financial expert, and Stephen Abert, our legal eagle, and um, we're going to have, he's been on before, um, Stephen Wagner, who is from the uh, law firm of Wagner, Burkow and Brandt. Uh, but I want to, so I want to hold that question about the fear and uncertainty among renters and landlords for one second. So Steve gets on. I just want to finish. As you know, I don't think this is new news. There's, uh, the Hamptons is in a frenzy. Um, the Hamptons summer rental season, which traditionally runs from May 31st till Labor Day, um, started in March when the virus happened. There's very little on the market to rent because so many people fled here. I have one of our Douglas Elliman agents who called me this week from Connecticut. She was going crazy because people are just trying to get out of the city and kind of taking short-term rentals. Some are buying but a lot of them just want to say, you know, let's wait till this clears up a bit. Um, and there's a lot of competition. So people looking for seasonal rentals are concerned. Um, so if you are looking for a seasonal rental, you, you got to get on it. And those prices, if anything, have gone higher. They have not uh, because there's a big demand for them. And obviously there are many people that rented their prices out. Their, their their places out in the summer because it was a lot of extra income and those people are not traveling they want to stay put so that creates even a bigger um, a shortage matter of fact there is a house and I can't even describe this house it's called the fun house by Joe Farrell who's probably one of the biggest builders um, he rent, he snagged a tenant for March through Labor Day for $2 million. He has a home. It's called the Sandcastle at Horsley Lane in Bridgehampton. And I can't even describe this house to you. It's like a playland. But um, it's 11 bedrooms, and it's, you know, it's just unbelievable. And um, somebody paid that. Okay. So, you know, uh, you just never know. But the Hamptons, and, and I think... Any markets that are close to the suburbs that are kind of summer kind of places, as long as they're not too crowded, I think people are really uh, looking for short-term rentals. And they figure by September, the, sh- the city should kind of be coming back. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Just a note, if you're using Uber, um, Uber requires all drivers and passengers to wear face masks. And that will begin Monday. And um, obviously, they're taking pictures of their drivers, and they're supposed to do all these things. And you can report somebody if they don't have a mask on. And if you don't have a mask on, I guess they don't have to pick you up. So um, they're trying to do safety precautions. um, And we'll keep you posted on all of those things that are going on. But, Steve? Hello? Hello, Dottie? Hello. Yeah, we lost Adi. Sure. No. You know, let's. You don't think. Oh. Uh, 
Okay, you know, Ace, if we wanted to go back about, I think, the, the topic where people getting qualified in advance, um, you know, one of the things that we've also seen, and I think this is so important, that while you guys are able to definitely do that pre-approval earlier on, sometimes when people have a long time looking, they also need to be aware that their situation sometimes change a little bit and also bank guidelines sometimes can move. Um, I know sometimes I've had these questions with clients, but you know, if banks make some changes, um, if they have a pre-approval, what happens when somebody gets a pre-approval, let's say in March of this year, but then they're all of a sudden looking to buy in September? Um, a little bit about bank philosophy, if uh, product change and things like that. That's that's so true, um, Stephen. You know, a, a lot of people will sometimes look for homes and not get the pre-approval first, and and they're not only are they wasting the realtor's time, but they may be looking at a at a place that's just you know over their qualifications, right? So it's always better to do the pre pre-approval upfront. Um, that way you're prepared, and when you do find a home that you like, you know, you can pull the trigger a lot quicker as well. And, so. Ace, how hard is it over the phone to do a pre-approval or online? It's as easy as us, um, you know, on this show, Dottie. You can just give the bank a call. Within 30 minutes of speaking to them, um, you'll get a pre-approval, and obviously whatever you tell them over the phone, hopefully you have documentation to support it. So um, it's very, very easy, easy process. And, you know, now, the bank will ask you a couple of questions. Hear what Ace is saying. Yeah. Okay. It takes within 30 minutes, you'll 30 have minutes. a pre-approval based that your information yeah. is true. Okay. Right. Now, let me say this to everybody. If you never buy a property or you never rent a property because they check on rentals too, then it took 30, it took a little bit of time and nothing lost, nothing gained. Okay. But if you are in the in, in, in the market eventually to buy a home or maybe to rent one, this is going to help you negotiate your deal. And, you know, I would, if I, if I was selling my home and I had the choice of somebody who paid a little bit more but did not have a pre-approval, I would take the person who had a pre-approval and take a little bit less. Okay? So it could really save you a lot of money. And with that, I think I have Steve Wagner on the phone now. I, I think you lost me. Um, hi, Steve. Hi, Dottie. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually good. I I actually, you know, yesterday was a nice day because I almost felt like, gee, this weather is going along with the virus. It's raining and freezing every day. I mean, it was freezing in May. So yesterday was nice. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I can, it's nice out, and the summer's here. And I just was happy. You know, I think people are happy for little things. Like, you know, everyone was, like, saying, yeah. Like, everyone was, I think this has really changed people. I mean, people are happy over little things now, you know, which they were always so busy running, 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 running. And now, you know, it's some of the things that probably we should have always kept focus on. So I think that's a good thing. So, Steve. You live, yeah. I mean, actually, can I say that Steve's wife, who's uh, Steve and I are, and his wife are good friends, and Steve's wife um, works at Rubenstein and had the Douglas Element account for years, so we go back a long way. Steve's been on the show. So 
and, and his wife was certainly on the show a couple of weeks ago talking about how she had the virus and how her building was so helpful. So, Stephen, what are you seeing with your law firm? What are the questions that are coming up? What do you what is your senses of what's going on and how you think the city comes back or doesn't come back right away? What do you what do you what do you thought? Well, uh, I'm seeing I right now <clears throat> I'm starting to get questions from clients about opening up. Uh, the buildings, and I'm getting questions about um, move-ins and move-outs on closings, um, and uh, uh, things like allowing uh, vendors to come in for not major renovations, but minor renovations, replacement of appliances, um, installation to the extent they actually come to the uh, apartments now, um, installation of uh, Wi-Fi and cable. Okay, so let let me just stop you for a second, because all our listeners are not from Manhattan. So if you live in a residential home, obviously, you know, you make the shots. I mean, if you, you know, you call the shots in your own home, if the company is willing to come in. Um, But in the city, when you're living with multiple families, many families, you can't kind of just do what you want. So what Steve is what Steve is saying in some of the and a lot most of the buildings, you know they, you know like let's say you're moving in just to put cable in, which is a small thing to think about in a normal time, but does the building want cable to come in when they don't know who the cable people have? You know they don't know if they have the virus or not. Do they? I mean, they don't even let, I mean, my friends, some of their parents can't even come up. So people are asking, how do they reopen? And how do these buildings reopen? I mean, we're in a lot of big buildings. And I kind of, I I think most people are not, I mean, wasn't it Google? And some of those companies told their employees, you don't have to come back until the end of the year. And if you don't want to come back, you can work virtually. I know that there's a lot of people working virtually. Um, there's also a lot of people out of town, too. Uh, but you're absolutely right that uh, there are issues with co-ops and condos <clears throat> and apartment buildings in the city that individual homeowners just don't face. Um, right. So can we talk uh, about those individual issues that apply to condos and co-ops or multiple dwellings right after we have a quick commercial break? Okay, because again, if you're living in a residential home, it wouldn't apply to you. But if you're in a multiple buildings, it might. So we'll be right back with Steve Wagner and the rest of our group right after the commercial break. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg speaks with Senator Chuck Schumer about a subject on everyone's mind, the coronavirus and what's being done about it. It's Reaching Out, Saturday night at 7 on AM 970, The Answer.
Hi, Kevin McCullough. I can't make heads or tails of elder law or estate care. And I got to tell you, Mike Connors does. That's why I want you to get your questions asked from him every Thursday on my show, Kevin McCullough Radio. Just email your question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call 718-238-6500. Then listen to Mike's show Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock on AM 570, The Mission and FM 102.3. And Sunday mornings starting at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. Your potential customers are at home right now. Are you there with them? In these uncertain times, the investment you made in digital marketing is really paying off. Thanks to Salem Surround, you're on page one of the search engines. Your online reputation is five-star. Your digital presence is accurate, and you're everywhere. Oh, wait, you're not? You don't have an effective digital marketing strategy? It's not too late. Contact Salem Surround for help. We deliver prescriptive marketing solutions to communicate with your current and future customers that not only meet your needs, but exceed your expectations. Salem Surround can help you with digital marketing during these difficult times and beyond. Total market saturation with increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. SurroundNewYork.com, connecting you with new customers. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. Hi, it's Joe Piscopo. This pandemic has been very tough on all of us. It's put a strain on our health, our psychological well-being, our finances and families. It's also brought out some of the best in people. We have seen countless examples of businesses and individuals going above and beyond the call of duty to selflessly help their neighbors. If you know someone who fits the bill, let us know. Tell us their stories. Tell us who deserves to be recognized. And we just might feature them on our show. Leave Frankie Five Burrows a message. 816-8-MORANO 816-866-7266 Tell us which everyday hero deserve some special recognition. You can also reach us online at am970theanswer.com Take AM970 The Answer anywhere you go with our mobile app. Get in on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Radio.com Confused about Corona? Then listen to Pandemic 2020 for news and updates. Got a question? Submit it online at am970theanswer.com or call 877-970-2999 during the program and talk to the experts. It's Pandemic 2020, weekday mornings at 9 as part of the Joe Piscopo Show on AM 970, The Answer. Sponsored by Balance of Nature, helping your body help itself. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and again, you can call some Dottie Herman at 866-970-9622, and we're on um, with Steve Wagner, who's an attorney in New York City. And Steve, you were about to tell us what's going on in your field, but I happened to find a uh, something in Brick Underground at, on May 20th, 
and it said executive orders change how New York City co-op and condo boards work. And you live in a condo, don't you? Yes. No, a, a 420-unit co-op. Oh, you're in a co-op. Now, remember, everybody, right. the co-op, I mean, you can explain it, Steve. The co-op is you don't own, you own the, you with own a, yeah, shares of a corporation. Exactly. And you get a lease from that corporation called a proprietary lease. With a condo, you actually own um, the unit with a deed and you have the right to walk up and down the hallways and because you own a portion of the common elements usually expressed as a percentage. And, um, uh, but they both have boards. They both have elections. Um, they both own, uh, no, excuse me. They owe both, uh, the boards manage and control and the operation of the buildings. So there's many similarities, but there are differences too. So what's going on? You know, your wife was uh, nice enough to come on the show. I mean, Steve, you texted me when she got sick and she shared her whole experience with all of our audience, which was very beneficial because she is very fortunate and survived. Um, and she told us wonderful stories about how the people in the, uh, in the co-op really helped her out. But what's going on now? What about annual meetings, things of that sort? How are they? What's what? What changes have you seen? Well, the um, the governor uh, in Executive Order two hundred two point six, excuse me, eight, um, said that you can uh, postpone the annual meetings um, without any penalty. Basically, uh, usually the bylaws say when the annual meeting has to be and where it has to be. But those rules have been suspended, which did two things. One, it allowed annual meetings to be adjourned. But two, since you don't have to have it in a location anymore, you can have a completely um, uh, virtual annual meeting. Um, it's, it, it, it's smaller buildings, let's say up to 100, have some of them have tried that. But the larger buildings, it becomes unruly. But um, annu- a, a virtual annual meeting is a new thing, and it's not a bad thing. It actually, uh, I, th- I think, allows greater participation. Um, it does. Now, I've been on a lot of virtual meetings. I just was on one for voting for the National Association of Realtors, where we elected all our offices. And um, I went on Zoom, but then I had to, uh, then they sent me an email, and I had to go on an email that was a secured site to vote. Like, I had to use right. two devices. Is that right. kind of how they're doing the voting? I mean, do you have to use two yeah, devices? That, that's, that's what I understand. I, I haven't had a entirely virtual meeting. You know, there, the problems with virtual meetings is you're assuming that the people um, are able to operate in a virtual environment. And uh, with co-ops, like my Not co-op on the east side, there's a lot of people who are older and don't necessarily have the computer skills uh, I find that most of the buildings are simply adjourning, um, not only the annual meetings, but whatever uh, meetings they have to introduce the candidates, candidates' nights kind of things. But um, it, it's being done, and it's legal now, um, at least as long as these executive orders continue. Yeah. And let me urge someone, I don't ever give advice that I don't follow. One of the benefits I've had, is being forced to do these meetings. And as I said, as I said this was a, yesterday was a, a meeting that we had a vote and, you know, nobody's to see your vote. Uh, 
So what they did, which I thought was great, they actually had two practice sessions during the week. So because we have thousands of members and where you, you know, they practice with like questions like, you know, you know, stupid questions that were nothing to make sure everyone understood how to use it. Um, but we got through the meeting, we voted and I had my, the, the presentation was on zoom and then they sent me an email that was a security email and, you know, when they'd say, okay, now it's time to vote A or B for this person, the treasurer, mm-hmm. then it came on my email also, and I voted on my email, not on my Zoom platform, which I don't believe is very secure. So, you know, I, but you're right. Um, you, in buildings, you have a lot of older people who probably do not know how to do that. So they're just... Yeah. Uh, and you, you want people to be able to participate. Uh, the practice sessions are highly recommended. The other thing that's interesting is that um, in order to manage the meeting, uh, it it usually requires more than one person to be the uh, moderator because otherwise you'll get people jumping in all over the place and you have to be able to recognize people and keep the other people on mute. So that's difficult to do while you're talking and running a meeting to also handle all those computer things. So Well, you know what they did? Which I thought was no, a great idea. They unmuted. Everyone was muted. Now, if you had a question or you objected to a proposal they had, they have a little in Zoom, a little like hand that comes. You just press that little raise hand button. And then right. when they got to you, they unmuted just you. Yeah. I, and you I, were able. That's, that's wonderful. I sometimes wish I could do that at regular meetings. Yeah, I think, you know, and they never, let me put it this way, because everybody's mostly home, this probably was the most, I mean, usually it's a convention we'd be in, actually we would have been in California at this point, but because everyone's home, there were more people on this meeting than ever before, and they've decided going forward, they're going to have two ways to go to their meetings. One will be, you know, when this clears up in person, where you fly, and you, and there's nothing like seeing people you haven't seen over the years. And then they're going to have another platform, which is virtual, so that people who don't want to fly and don't want to have the expense of renting hotel rooms and things of that sort can really participate. So in some ways, you might get more people if they understand how to do it. Um, Absolutely. But what are the New York I mean, like, has had um, uh, the ability to have people attend virtually. What they haven't had in the past is that it can be entirely virtual. So, uh, you know, the, the attendance virtually is something that will continue after all the executive orders and pandemic. Yeah, I think that's a trend that's, that's going to be here to stay. Um, I, you know, I, I think that you know, and everyone's getting through it with a few kinks here and there, but we're all learning how to use it. And I don't think it's going away. And I also, you know, you know, I think that's going to be happening. But a lot of people who live in the suburbs, and when I lived in the suburbs, I did not understand this. I didn't even think about it. Don't realize that if you're moving from an apartment, let's say in New York City, you're selling your apartment, and you want buyers to see it, or buyers are in contract and they're ready to close and you have to make arrangements to get into the apartment for the cable hookups and things of that nature. How is that working? Well, the, um, it, it's, it has to go through the management office always and um, to schedule these things. And, and generally, 
um, the opening up of buildings are allowing these types of things to happen. The boards recognize they're needed, and they just require that the people who are coming in follow the CDC requirements. Some buildings are actually requiring a statement, a written statement, either from the contractor or from the individual uh, workers who are coming in that they haven't had any symptoms, they haven't been in touch with anybody, and also doing um, uh, non-touch uh, uh, temperature taking um, of the individuals. Uh, not all of them are. That's, it, that's one of the variables that uh, uh, the boards are asking about. Yeah, um, so we have two attorneys on here and we have ACE. So would you um, anticipate that one of the trends uh, for a while are going to be that's going to take longer to close? Possibly. I'm not, you know, it's, it took longer to close at the beginning because people didn't um, uh, buy in. All the law firms didn't buy in right away to virtual closings. Um, but I have found I, I, my firm did right from the get go have virtual closings. And I have found that attorneys um, are so much more cooperative now in trying to get the deals done virtually. Um, and, uh, you know, there are escrow agreements and things, uh, there are requirements, but the co level of cooperation has been great. So I'm seeing um, what's interesting is that there are some buildings that are still closed to uh, uh, sales and even uh, showings. Um, most buildings that do allow showings are requiring private showings. They're also suggesting and encouraging people to have um, photographs taken of the interiors of the apartment to have the virtual um, uh, showing. Um, but the, uh, the closing themselves, uh, you know, I, I'm the president of my co-op, and I have to tell you, in the last two weeks, I've signed eight sets of closing documents, which is a lot, even for a 420-unit um, co-op. So, I don't think they're slowing down now, Dottie. I think things are starting to move. What's also interesting is I've spoken to some brokers about um, uh, buildings that open versus buildings that don't. And the ones that are opening, um, some of the brokers are saying, have a very strong competitive advantage because the demand is there and the supply is smaller. So people are looking to buildings where they know they can get an interview virtually. They know they can... Um, uh, see the apartment. They know that they can, uh, if you know, by appointment, come in, and they also know that they can close virtually. Let me uh, let me ask a question to everybody, Stephen, Steve, and Ace. Okay, now, you know, people are kind of looking and saying, well, um, first of all, with New York City, as Steve said, some of the buildings you could not get into the shop. Now, will virtual showings? Uh, as far as I think rentals so far, people will, will, you know, do a virtual rental and rent something. Um, on homes, you know, people are less hesitant. To, they're more hesitant to do that because, you know, you kind of want to see the place. But that might become a trend that changes. We're watching it. Um, what do you see as a, you know, what do you see? You see people buying in the city now. Um, we're going to have Alfred Renner on who is... Uh, a manager with Douglas Elliman. What do you, you see in the city now? I mean, it's hard to tell because it's summer and most people, you know, before the virus got out of the summer, you know, you know, traveled or, or did something. But what do you see the biggest uh, problems or, or pluses for that matter? 
Well, from what well, we're seeing in our in our closings is that you know they're they're getting done. They are taking much longer. There is a big disparity between management companies and law firms who are acting as transfer agents and you know how how cooperative or not. So in that part of the process, there's definitely a mechanism by which things can happen. Um, the difference is instead of a sit-down closing where everything is happening simultaneously, it takes time, and in some cases, it drags on for a couple of days because people are waiting for trailer documents and things like that. Um, but they're able to completely get done. Uh, we're having that done on a regular basis. Um, when it comes to showings, you're seeing buildings all over the place on policies. Um, some are saying none. Some are saying partial. Um, some are not wanting to let prospective buyers look. Some are willing to do so. So th there's a real variance there. But we've come up with a number of mechanisms, depending upon the building response, to sort of work with that. So where there's a will, there's a way. And, I, you know, I think that's what we can all take from this. I mean, you know, it's it's a little bumpy, and people have to get used to doing it differently. And, again, I really believe people don't usually change unless they're forced to change. And this is really forcing people to take a step back and change. And if you want to do business, it's going to have, have you have to do business now. Um, so with all that said, what, you know, just curiosity, well, you know, I, now what's, what's the last, I mean, I, I, I listen to the governor every day, but, you know, I, I'm confused. Did he say May, then he said June, and now is it back to May again? Or how is that working? When we can open up. I'm sorry, Dottie, you broke up on me a little bit. Oh, did you, the, the mayor, you know, has said, first he said we were going to open up like stage one, which was like in May sometime, I think May 15th. And um, now I think that they pushed that out to like June. And then I heard May again. So does anyone know when the city is? Because most places are opening up. I knew Jersey, the governor of Jersey, said his beaches are going to be open. I think also, Dottie, it depends geographically where. So yeah. they're not only doing a phase opening substantively, but also geographically. So, you know, the governor announced that they're going to start with, like, the northern and central tiers, which makes sense. It's much more uh, of a lower density um, area. So there's both a geographic element and then also you're seeing some substantive elements within the city as well. This is a mix. Well, yeah. I think we're coming up. It's time flies when you're uh, having fun. It's 11 o'clock. We have a new Steve. Thank you so much. I hope you'll come on My again. Pleasure. Give a big hug to Barbara for me. Will do. And we'll be right, right back after uh, a quick news update. And we'll have Alfred Renner, who'll give you an insight from the brokerage. Uh, perspective of what's the city, what's going on in the city, the numbers, what's actually happening real time. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.